Frank Buckley Interviews is presented by the Mercedes-Benz Dealers of Southern California. Hey there, it's Frank Buckley. Today we've got one of the good guys in Hollywood. Greg Grunberg is universally liked, and I can tell you firsthand that what you see on the screen is what you get off camera. You'll probably know Greg from his many, many TV and film roles on TV. You know him from shows like Heroes, Lost, Alias, Masters of Sex, and of course, Felicity. At the movie theater, you've seen him in things like Star Trek Beyond and Star Wars The Force Awakens. That's a film directed, by the way, by his childhood friend, J.J. Abrams. You'll hear about that friendship and collaboration that goes way back, and you'll hear how it all started. Greg is also an entrepreneur, a husband, and a father. He's got a band called Band from TV with his celebrity buddies. They play gigs to raise money for charity. And to that end, Greg is a fierce advocate for the Epilepsy Foundation, and you'll learn why during this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Greg Grunberg. Greg Grunberg, great to talk to you. So nice to talk to you. Am I pretending that we're not good friends? Or? <laughs> no, let's, let's, let's be authentic because that's what you are. That's one of the things I wanted to say about you is that in your roles, in, in life, you are present. You are authentic. And, and as someone said about TV, um, you know, being successful in TV is all about sincerity. Once you learn how to fake that, you're going to be great. Yeah. And, but you've been able to fake it perfectly, and I think it's because you're not faking it. That's exactly true. I think, I think there are two ends of the spectrum that I, uh, I, I've, I've witnessed. I'm not patting myself on the back, but success comes when you are sincere, honest, and it's in the eyes as an actor, you know, when you're really present, like you're saying. Yeah. And then there's also the success of being incredibly mysterious and and I don't, I can't quite figure that guy out, you know. Right. And those are actors, even Matthew McConaughey. I mean, he's got a whole thing, but he's unpredictable and cool. And right. like, there's a mystery to. I am none of that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I am right. like, what you see is what you get. And if you uh, find out that the character I'm playing killed a busload of nuns, that's kind of a surprise. <laughs> yes. I mean, nice, nice, you know, uh, kind of uh, a position. Yeah. Right. Right. But at the same time, my wheelhouse is being. Very close to who I am, and that's that's um, that's where I like to live. If I lose certain jobs over it, that's you know, so be it. I can't, yeah, I can't do everything. But it, where does it come from? You, uh, I mean, let's take it all the way back to to where it started, and where did you decide, or how old were you? Gosh, I, I you know, the idea of maybe going into show business and 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 being an actor. How old were you, and and how did that come about? Um, you know, in, in elementary school at Roscommon Road Elementary School here in L.A., yeah. um, there are you can't help it. There, you know, it's it's this director's son and that producer's daughter, and you know, it's just it's part of the city that we live in. So, right. uh, but not, I didn't think about it back then. I wasn't a schmoozer and a networking uh, kid back then, but growing up, I'm in the sandbox with, uh, JJ Abrams and the two of us clicked. I was a friend. I had a bunch of different groups of friends. Yeah. I was one of those guys that right. I just went to a reunion not too long ago and a kid came up to me, a kid, <laughs> <laughs> a guy came up to me and he was like, I just want to thank you. And I said, what do you mean? I mean, I was, it was shocking. I didn't recognize him. I was looking at his picture on his name tag. And he said, you know, you, you, you hung out with these really cool kids, but at the same time, 
we were always friends and you were always nice to me. It was interesting because it's kind of the way I live my life. Yeah. I mean, I, I can have a conversation with the waiter at a restaurant and, right. and also the owner of the restaurant. I, yeah. I identify with everybody. Um, but, but back then JJ and I, uh, you know, we're five years old, whatever. And we clicked and hit it off and we had a, we both loved the idea of making these super eight movies and he would make them. And right. I loved acting in them. And how old were you? Five, six, seven. We would go back to his house. We, he lived close to Roskmere, so we would uh, walk to his house. My parents would pick me up later. So his parents became my surrogate parents. It was, you know, with my parents. I mean, it was, it's, we were very, very close growing up. Yeah. And he is, uh, it's not about JJ, but he's just absolutely brilliant. He, he's always been that way. He could sit down at the piano and play a tune, figure it out all, you know, just by, by ear. And then he could draw beautifully and normally you know you'd be jealous of a he's not that way he doesn't make you feel inferior because of his uh, ability to kind of master all those things yeah he's so humble he'll never admit to being able to master any of this stuff you know that term it's like you know i'm a uh, you know i dabble in a bunch of things but i'm a master of none right. of it um he's he dabbles in all of it and he's a master of all of it that's why <laughs> as, as a director he works so well because he knows what they're doing in the special effects department and he knows how the camera works and he knows story and he knows, and he was an actor starting out. Mm. So we both were doing all this stuff and I was starring in all these little movies. Um, he was on Kimmel recently and uh, you know, Kimmel, Jimmy was like, they showed a, a little movie that he did called uh, the attic. And I star in it with Chris Gordon, these other, this other friend of ours. And he's like, is that Greg Grunberg? Is that a little, little grunny? You know? So I had that growing up. And, and also a, a friend who encouraged me and I encouraged him. And, and so it was, that, that was just organic to who we were. Meanwhile, I was in the play. I was, I was Tom Sawyer in the play you know, growing up. And we did Tea House of the August Moon. And I was Colonel Purdy. And I, I just got the bug yeah. of doing this in front of an audience. Um, and my parents encouraged it and I was playing the drums and I had a band, you know, garage band, never performed out or anything, but I was being creative and there is just nothing like that. Yeah. There's nothing. You and I get to do something. It's not work, man. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, the only thing I'm complaining about right now is my ears are warm from these headphones. Like, <laughs> you can take them off if you no, want. No, you no, don't no. Even, please don't. I'm kidding. Right, right. But I'm saying there's no, this is not work. Right. This is two friends we're, hanging we're, out. We're very, very lucky in that regard. So you guys have this relationship as kids. And it, did you have a show business family or anything like that? No, schmata business. My dad was in the clothing business. He he uh, manufactured jeans and leotards and clothing, you know, women's clothing. And, yeah. Um, he would travel all over the world, and occasionally I got to go with him a couple places, uh, Mexico and, and uh, Hong Kong, Tokyo. So I got to see the world a little bit. Um, but he was business guy. My yeah. dad was a entrepreneur, hustling business, right. mainly in the clothing business. But then he was in the solar energy business. And, um, you know, I, the one thing I've that's a, a thing I'm very, very proud of that I, I've got from my dad is my dad's very smart in business and sees an opportunity and takes advantage of it. And he's a doer. Yeah. There are a lot of people that don't do stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's like every time I come on the show, it must, <laughs> you must be like. What's he got going now? And I love that's one of the things I loved about you. One of the things I was attracted to when I first talked to you, as you know, you had the the Yowza uh, mobile coupon app, and I was creating an app, and and I came to you and asked for your advice, and you kindly joined our advisory board, 
of my failed company. Oh, uh, hey, but but you know, that's, all, that's what that's what tech is all about. Uh, right, right. Yeah. But but it was it, it it's an amazing part of who you are, and and I wondered where that came from, and it sounds like it came from in part at least your dad. Yeah, and also um, it, it's tough now because having some recognition opens doors. Yeah. Those doors can be distracting and can take you on a tangent, take you left when you should go right or we should stay on that road that you're on. Right. And so one of the things I've been trying to do the last five years, three years, and, and JJ, you know, he's like my brother. I mean, we talked to him about everything. Is He's like, you know, focus. It's really important to focus. Find, find mm. your lane. You know, I'm 50. So it's like at, at that, at some age, you got to go, okay, so I'm not going <laughs> to, you know, go off and I'm not changing my life and going over here. But opportunities come. People are like, hey, I have a new tech thing. I love technology. I, I jumped on, you know, that bandwagon early and mo yeah, Yowza, luckily we sold that company and uh, the investors got their money back. It was not a huge, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars like you hear about. Right. It was something where I was proud that people got out and, and you know, we all got our money back. Right, kind of right. Thing. And I spent two years on a soapbox you know, trying to convince people that this big guy from TV also likes coupon. <laughs> like that's the juxtaposition that was right. hard to, right. you know, uh, kind of put together. So now it's all about, you know, it, whether it's music, whether it's uh, hosting, whether it's, you know, w whatever it is, um, I, I always try and keep that focus. It's got to have an entertainment uh, side to it. Yeah. Whether it's the commercials that I direct or whatever, it's all still, entertainment and that's where my focus is it's tough yeah you know this is um i mean just give an example two days ago i met this guy who's got a distillery up in seattle okay kadi it, it is the best bourbon best whiskey I, I am not kidding you he has found a way there's an island up there this i mean i, I love that we're having this conversation because <laughs> this just happened right okay haven't even made a deal haven't even but he he like in scotland they have you know, the water and the climate and everything. Well, Seattle's very similar to that. Mm. So they've figured that out. They are now making gin and making rye whiskey and bourbon. And I, I like whiskey. I'm not a big whiskey drinker by any means. Right. Uh, but he brought it here and he was like, you know what? I, I've been watching you. I've been watching your celebrity stuff with your band. It's a, I, I really want to get this out there. We were winning awards like crazy, but I'd love a celebrity. So I met with like, is that in my wheelhouse? <laughs> is, is that a distraction? Is that, I am now convincing myself that it's not, I drank it. And I was like, this is amazing. And, but it's an amazing thing too, that, I mean, you didn't go out and look for this guy. No. He, he finds you, right? Yes. Well, th through, through a project, through a commercial, our commercial side of the company. So I'm exposed to all these companies. And okay. That was one where it's like, okay, how do we, they're trying to promote their brand and they see, you know, um, other booze get into product placement and like entourage and that kind of thing. Right. So, okay. Anyway, so, but, but I, I, I was like, nah. I was being so pessimistic. And of course <laughs> it's like going into a movie when you're like, you hear it's not that great. And then suddenly you're like, wow, I didn't have low expectations, but again, to focus, I'm like, I don't want to. And then I tasted it and I was like, oh my God, how do I not get involved with this? So I'm, I'm really thinking about that, but it, it's, that is as far outside of the wheelhouse as I want to go. Yeah. I really am concentrating on the music that I'm doing and obviously the act, my acting career drives all of it. Right. So that first and foremost, um, you know, by every pilot season, I'm either, you know, a pilot like I did with Shonda Rhimes last year that didn't go, but I at least did that. And I've got other projects and films and that's, 
that's my wheelhouse yeah. is, is creating. But I've got the you know graphic novel now and all that stuff. It's all still in that same lane. Right. I'm trying to stay. Well, in. let's talk about that. We're doing this interview in this super cool space. And Thank it's the you. first time I've had a chance to visit. This is your production company office. Tell us where we are. What is this place? And it's sort of echoey. Yeah. And it, just to set the scene for what I'm looking at, we're in kind of a bar. Yeah. Um, and this is part of your office. And it's it's a lounge. It's a bar. It's a speakeasy. All in sort of yeah. once. And we're sitting in a booth. Yeah. It is so cool. And this is where you kind of work. Yeah, this is this is a building. So so the way this started is our band, Band from TV. Had we've had the band for ten years. Started the band because uh, my oldest son has epilepsy, and I'm the national spokesperson. Want to raise money, uh, remove the stigma, raise awareness. And and I play the drums, and I've been playing with like Hugh Laurie and James Denton and Bob Guinea and Scott Grimes and Adrian Pazdar and Jesse Spencer and all these guys. And we needed a place to rehearse, so we were renting a spot for forever, and I was paying someone else's mortgage. And the band was, you know, that's the only thing we, we allowed ourselves. Millions of dollars we raise, all of it goes to charity outside of beer, guitar strings, sticks for my drums, and, you know, the rent on right. the rehearsal space. So Brad Savage and I, who started this band and also have a production company together, we were like, why don't we get a building if we can, put that and build the ultimate sort of space for the band to rehearse and have soundstage and... So we found this building in North Hollywood, and here we are, and it's Bandwagon is the name of our production company, kind of incorporates that right. band feel. And instead of a conference room, we're like, let's build a bar, man, so that the, <laughs> the band can hang out, we can have a hangout space, and a place where our friends and family can come when they're coming to rehearsals and hanging out. It's comfortable. Yeah. So it turns out this multi-use building now, and Kevin Smith rents offices here, and he and I have a show on it, it all works. Yeah. You know, uh, like I, I want you to be here. Like yeah. every time I meet every, I, I don't have that many friends that I feel is that are as creative and, and doers up. Oh, there's an airplane. Right. We're in the flight path of a Burbank airport. Yeah. Um, but, but there it's, it's interesting because at any given time I can have somebody call me up and go, Hey, you know what? I don't want to go to Starbucks today. I want to write here. And, and the guy's writing the next, you know, Star Trek movie. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Come. Cause this, this booth was in, uh, this oh Malibu Country Club, they re, they're redoing. Yeah, they have redone the whole place. Right, this was in their restaurant. This booth no and this kidding. and this table. Yeah, so I it's 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 you know it's a reuse and recycle spot. Uh, right. for but it allows us to do anything. So someone says I want to do a music show or I want to have a showcase for my band. Gary Beers from NXS says, Hey, I need to use this space. Sure, use it. It all brings opportunities. And by the way, this is is sort of the physical manifestation of how Brad and I kind of go, if we have an idea, we do it. Right. If you have, if you build it, they will come. In our, in Hollywood, in, in entertainment, people talk all day oh long. Oh my God, yeah. But when you have a physical place, suddenly you're actually doing something. Yeah. So that's what this, it forces us to actually shoot. To because, actually do and, and you actually go to work every day, right? As opposed to sitting in your, at the local Starbucks or not that that's that horrible thing, but yeah. a lot of people, you know, do that. They, as you say, in Hollywood, there's so many people talking all the time about their yeah. great ideas and if you go to an office, which I, I guess this is, even though it doesn't look like it, right. um, you're going to work and you're trying to accomplish something on a given day. Yeah. And that's, that's right. I mean, I know uh, Jesse Alexander is a good friend of mine. He was one of the head writers on Heroes. Yeah. He's now running Star Trek uh, with a few other writers, the new Star Trek that's about to launch. And he's just a brilliant, brilliant writer. He told me years ago that he puts on a suit. 
So his his version of going to a building was, I'm going to work. So he puts on a suit yeah. and tie. Yeah, works out. Has his routine. Hey, there's the there's the eleven uh, the eleven a.m. going uh, to Southwest Airlines coming in from Oakland. Exactly on his way to Vegas. <laughs> boom, boom. Want to get away? Uh, so we're he. That's his version of me getting in my car, driving here. Look, I love my wife. I love my kids, but we both know it, it, it's a it's more of a distraction. It's too easy for me to want to cuddle up with Bowie, my dog. Yeah, and 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 you know, go in the kitchen and grab something. Brad says, hey, I'm heading to the office. I'm like, here we go. I'm right. getting in my car. I'm going. Yeah. And we, we come here. And, and it's also, you know, having the brainstorming, having people coming and going. It just, again, it's an incubator yeah. for your day. It's an right. incubator for ideas. And it forces me to get projects finished. And, and you know, to, to that uh, point, uh, a friend of mine is a writer-director named Billy Ray who's doing The Last Tycoon on Amazon and yeah. has done a bunch of films. and. And he he has uh, in he has his house, and then he goes to his office just outside of his house, which is I guess a converted garage or a guest house or something. And he has a set routine. He's there at eight thirty. He's writing till lunch. Has lunch back in the office. Yeah. And I and I'm constantly saying, "Hey, dude, let's go play golf." It's like I'm working. Right. Now you're a writer. You're a director. You don't have to. Let's go play golf. No, I have to, you know, and and I really admire that about guys like you yeah. and Billy who have a work ethic because uh, you know, we look from the outside and we think, god, that Gruntberg, man, he could just, you know, he's he's rolling in the dough, he's oh, got all these projects yeah. going, he could just hang out. And but you don't hang out. You I mean, it's a it's a daily job. Yeah, I mean, when the, the dough that you're talking about yeah. is is literally dough that's used to make donuts. <laughs> That's what I'm, that's the dough I'm rolling in. Um, no, it's, it's something that I just, that creative thing. Look, again, get back to JJ because he, he influences and yeah. inspires me in so many ways. He said years ago, um, I'd say, I have an idea for something. And, and he always taught me, this is what he says still to this day. I'm like, hey, can I run an idea by you? And he's like, do you like it? I'm like, oh, it's, it's unbelievable. He's like, well, then write it. And I yeah. go, no, 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 no. I just want to run it by you, see if it's even worthy. He right. goes, if it's worthy to you, yeah. if you have enough energy to tell me, write it. Because that energy that you have, this and this um, anticipation of my yay or nay, yeah. is going to drive you to finish this thing. Whether mm. it's, I don't even care if it's a deck or if it's a, you know, shooting a scene or if it's a teaser or a trailer for something or if it's a long form script. If I tell you, I'm like, Frank, okay, it's about two guys. They rob a bank, and then they go down to Mexico, and this is the thing, the thing, and this character, and that character. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. Okay, now I've got my that's awesome. I've now got the reaction that, that I got. And, and now I can put it on the back burner. It, a, it's really a, a subconscious thing. Yeah. But that, it, 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 just your reaction, I can't wait to tell Frank. That will carry you to finish a script. Mm. I swear it will. Wow. So he will oftentimes go, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Just do it. And then it forces me to go, wow, that's a big commitment. <laughs> I yeah. really want JJ's opinion on right. this or my wife or whoever. Um, now I question it. I go, okay, is it good? And then if I get past that, I'll actually write it. I'll hmm. actually do it. You know. Um, you said that the, the acting still drives all of it. Yeah. You've done so many great things. I mean, going back to, I mean, I, I think most people learned who you were with Felicity, right? Yeah, that was the first one. Um, Felicity, Heroes. Yeah. Um, lost. Yeah, it was Felicity, uh, then Alias. Was, oh, Alias, Alias yeah. was at the same time. I, there was one year when I was doing Felicity and Alias at the same time. That was JJ going to the network going, no, I want him on both shows. And I wasn't 
I was number seven on the call sheet on both shows. That's when you have a little more flexibility. Now, today, you see people that are starring on two different networks. It's more you know, prevalent today because there's so many different outlets. Yeah. But, but back then, it was like, no, we own them, and that's it, right. which is still the case today. Anyway, I'd, I'd say it was Felicity, then Alias, then I did Lost. I just did a cameo in Lost, basically. But, and then uh, Heroes was my big leaving the nest, the JJ nest. Yeah, right, he right. He wasn't a part of that. Yeah. And then various other things, life. Uh, I mean, uh, love bites and and other comedy stuff that I and I every year, knock wood, you know, I've been doing a pilot, and I'm sort of turning into the George Clooney uh, curse of like George did, did about 27 pilots before ER. Really? But I've I had you know 300 plus episodes of TV that I did, and I'm still still it's like you know projects have to work, the character has to be right, the project has to be right. You have to have a craftsman or woman do the, the show and mm-hmm. really hone it in. Uh, and, and then it has to work on their time slot and then the audience has to respond. It's, it's like all the planets have to align. Yeah. Um, someone like Shonda Rhimes, someone like JJ, Greg Garcia, these guys, they're just so incredibly prolific and brilliant. It, yeah. It's really, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chuck Lorre. I mean, how? How does that happen? How are you that funny, that consistent? And I know he's got great people around him. But right, and that many times at the same time, right? You've got, yes. you've got multiple shows running, and they're all good. Oh, my God. I, I, you look at syndication today, comedy syndication, uh, Big Bang. Oh, yeah, Chuck Lorre. Um, you know, uh, uh, two and a half men, two and a half men, Mike Chuck and Molly. Yeah. It's like it's every, crazy. everything that every sitcom that follows the news now is Chuck Lorre. <laughs> right. Like Seinfeld is passe. And that's <laughs> one of the best shows ever. Friends right, ever. Right. Those are, it's just incredible how, yeah. how he does that. And Chuck, by the way, plays with our band. Oh, no kidding. Amazing musician. Amazing. He wow. did jingles back in the day. He does all the themes to his own shows. He's wow. like JJ, another I hate you kind of person <laughs> because he's so grossly talented yeah. and a sweetheart playing with my band. You got to, we got to reiterate band from TV. You go to bandfromtv.org. You'll see all the members, permanent members. And then we have people pop in like Chuck Lorre, Jorge Garcia, Terry Hatcher, all these great people, Michael Chiklis, but they are donating their time. There's yeah. no money to be made there. That is supporting our charities. And so when I say Chuck plays with the band, immediately you have to know how big his heart is. Right. And everybody else, Hugh Laurie. We've got a lot of Lorries in the band. <laughs> We're going to have to look into that. Yeah. Um, but, but on the act, back to the acting. Yeah. It drives everything. And you're this accomplished guy. You've had all this success. And, I, and I've talked to other actors about this. I talked to Corbin Burnson for this. For this Corbin. Um, yeah, right? For this uh, podcast. And he talked about the fact that, you know, he went to an audition recently where, you know, here's a guy who's had so much success and he's still grinding, right? You still have to go to the auditions. Oh, my God. He goes to an audition. They give him a, they give him sides. They don't yeah. give him the whole script. Yeah. You know, and you, I assume, go through some of this Dude, you're bringing well. down the, You're bringing down the room, Frank. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, first you built me up and now you're like, hey, no, but, but, no, and you're absolutely true. Look, this pilot season. Yeah. I go read for stuff and I see Corbin's name on the list. Yeah. I got to tell you, that makes me feel better right. because I'm sitting there. And, and by the way, Corbin has the same experience that I have. And Anne Heche I saw on the list. Anne yeah. Heche? Right. She's amazing. Well, but I, I see Anne in the same category as all of you guys. I mean, so many of you are accomplished, yeah. talented. Why do you have to audition? I never, it, I don't get that. Well, 
certain part and certain things I don't certain you know they'll come to me and go like big ass spider was like please be in this movie we really think you're perfect for this and I I came on as a producer and a star and whatever but a tv series you know everything has to be right they have to see how you're going to play that role is the chemistry right and I just uh, had an opportunity on a pilot that I really wanted so badly it's a director named Mark Buckland, who I absolutely love, and he's brilliant, and, and we almost, it almost happened, and uh, got, I got so close, and I had to read twice, and there was a chemistry read with the, the uh, woman who's going to play my wife, and actress, and she's amazing. It just didn't work. Yeah. But I've been on the other side of it. It didn't I, work because of the chemistry wasn't right, or it just, it just didn't? Well, it didn't, in that case, it didn't work because her character uh, does something incredibly despicable and cheats on her husband. And that's the motivating incident in the pilot that launches the series. And uh, they, th- they thought that I'm so likable that if she cheats on me, you will hate her for the rest of the series. And it won't, I, I got it. So they hired a, an actor who's really good, but he's one of those guys that you're like, yeah, I could see that. I could see her cheating on him. And that's okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> you were too likable. I was too likable because we really hit it off. I mean, she is, I'll tell you right now, it's Lauren Graham. I hope that pilot comes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a really good pilot and really, it's going to be a great. And she's just amazing. Yeah. We told, imagine the two of us, husband and wife. I mean, uh, it was great. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. I get it. Right. But, but to, you know, to, to go into the room and have the casting director and, and it doesn't happen all the time, but they, I go in the room and I'm like, oh my God, thank you for coming. God, we're such huge fans of yours. There is a part of my head that goes, if you're that big a fan of mine, <laughs> Fucking hire me. You like, know my work. Exactly. I've only been doing this for 25 years. <laughs> right. But at the same time, being on the other side, I get it. Like, you you know, and if the person, here's the other thing, creatively, if if you are so uh, predictable in a good way, like right. they know, oh, he's solid. I know how he's going to play it. Isn't that kind of boring? Yeah, I see. So you really want to see how, the, what's their take on it? Yeah. And the fact that they want to see me do it. Look, I, I, I say this to actors when I speak to acting class. I'm going to Virginia Tech next week for uh, this thing that I'm doing, but I'm going to be speaking to all these uh, film students and actors. And, you know, the thing that I tell them is, if, if you know, there's, there's one term that I've heard, or one line that I've heard that's really funny, but it's kind of telling, which is, if you want an actor to complain, give him a job. <laughs> okay? And it's the same thing as, you know, anything, hosting right. or whatever. Right. Um, but it shouldn't be that way. What it should be is, uh, you know, I have... Pilot season, I have a million auditions. Well, guess what? Those are a million opportunities I get to act. So whether it's a person on the other side of a table, I mean, it's not this way anymore. I go in for the producers and the network stuff. But even if they're not paying attention and there's already an offer out to Corbin Burson and he's got the role already and they're just seeing me, I don't want to go in and waste anybody's time, including mine. But at the same time, I'm an actor. This is what I love to do. So whether it's for three people on the other side of a desk or it's... um, at the, you know, performing, playing the drums at the Alamo Dome, or it's, uh, you know, uh, Star Wars, I get to act. And, yeah. and, and as long as I keep that in my head, then screw them. It's their loss if I don't get the job. Right. Whatever, I'll keep going. I'm, I'm at a point where it's, it's, I do have the luxury of, of not going in and begging and pleading for the role, right. except in the case, and not begging, pleading, but where I really, really creatively want it. Yeah. Which, which should be there anyway. And is there a challenge that, that um, because you are this, uh, and I think predictable is the wrong word, but they know what they're going to get. They know you're going to show up on time. They know that you're going to deliver exactly the kind of performance you've delivered, you know, 300 or times le- on TV. level of. Or, or, right, yeah. exactly. That, I, that I'm and, proud of. And yeah. do, you, do you think, look, I, I can also do this, by the way, right? You, yes. you, you've seen this 300 times. 
I can do this over here too. Yeah. Um, and, and although I have my limitations, Frank, I, I well, everybody think, does, but yeah, but but no, there are. Yeah, you know what it mainly is is I've been the supporting guy. I've been the best friend. I've been the shoulder to cry on on all these shows. You know, from Jennifer Garner and Alias to Felicity to Heroes. I mean, I'm, that's something I. Uh, kind of steal. I mean, I love that. That mm-hmm. being that guy that you go, I don't quite know what's going to come out of his mouth. It's going to be funny, and you know, because I improv, and I, I. But at the same time, he's solid. Everybody, need, you need that character and familiar character, especially in TV. Right. Um, I wish I could be just the number five all the time because of heroes. People are like, no, you can star in a show. You can star in a show. You star, which of course, great as an actor. I want that opportunity. But I'm not one of those actors. I just want to act. I just want. I want to be. I can't wait to jump on another show. Mm. Look, I'm recurring on uh, Life in Pieces, and I'm recurring on The Flash. You know, recurring whatever. I've done a couple episodes of each, and I hope to go back. But that's really fun for me too. Yeah. You know, working with good people. Both of those shows happen to be great. Right. There is the occasional guest star where you go on a show and you're like, man, these people don't know how lucky they are. Yeah. You know, one of the ones I love is uh, Alex O'Loughlin and, uh, uh, you know. Um, uh, uh, Con uh, Scotty Con, you know, on, on Hawaii Five O. I've done that show a couple times. I mean, I would do anything to get. I, I love it. I mean, I love them. I love the crew. It's fun. Uh, Masioka was he's, he just left that show. Yeah. Jorge Garcia. It's like it's like old home week. Right, right. Back. It's like heroes again. Oh, and Alex. <laughs> I mean, these guys are they're great guys. Yeah, Scotty, they're great guys. And you're in Hawaii. <laughs> So when they go, when they go, hey, we can't pay what we're supposed to pay for you, but hey, want to come back? I'm like, yes, I want to go play. So I'm happy that I'm kind of at that point of my career where I can do that. And yeah. then it's also something great to talk about. Like I had a movie coming up that I'm going to be working with one of my old friends, and it's a huge movie, and I have a small part, kind of like a Star Trek, you know, where it's recurring throughout the movie, but not big at all, really small. I can't wait. Can't wait. And so you, it doesn't matter to you if it's small or big at this point in your career. You just want good, something that, that you can sink your teeth into. Yeah, and work with good people. Yeah. That really is. At the end of the day, a lot of – a lot of I use that term a lot. I got to stop. At the end of the day. Um, <laughs> the it, fact of the matter is. The fact of the matter is. Uh, it, it, it just really comes down to having fun and working yeah. with good people. Because a bad project, by the way, today, no one's going to see it anyway. Mm. So – when somebody sends me a script and they, they're like, well, there's no way he'll even... I read everything. I read everything. Big Ass Spider was like that. They were like, he's never going to... And I read it and I was like, what a great opportunity. Yeah. Let's call it Big Ass Spider instead of Mega Spider. Let, let me bring in my buddy Lombardo Boyard and oh my God, that movie is so much fun to watch. And it's just a two, it's two characters. Yeah, it's got a big spider in it. But you know, at the end of the... Uh, Movie. I didn't. I don't. Not the end of the day. At the end of the movie, you come away going, "Wow, that was a really funny, fun, you know, sci-fi genre movie." Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, you have been. A, you mentioned this a moment ago. You've been a tremendous advocate for uh, uh, research into epilepsy and awareness of epilepsy. A very personal cause yeah. for you and very personal connection. I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about that. Cool. Introducing the completely redesigned Mercedes-Benz E-Class. It's everything you need it to be, and so much more. Frank Buckley Interviews is presented by the Mercedes-Benz dealers of Southern California. Visit mbsocal.com for dealer details.
Back with Greg Grunberg. Um, and Greg, we were going into the break uh, talking about the fact that you've been such a, a tremendous advocate for epilepsy. You've, you've really put epilepsy on the map in many ways in this country in terms of creating awareness, yeah. uh, raising funds for research because of your very personal connection. Tell us about that. Well, it's a, I'm a member of a club that I didn't ever want to be a part of. I didn't know anything about seizures. My wife didn't, and luckily we didn't. Uh, but when our son, our first uh, uh, boy, Jake, our oldest, I should say, um, when he got uh, when he turned seven, he started having seizures, and they were little teeny seizures, and they developed into what we call grand mal. Now we call them tonic clonic seizures and, and petite mal seizures, and all these different. Things. Anyway, I realized very quickly that. Um, through this this uh, car wash of epilepsy that we've gone through seizures and brain surgery and everything Jake's doing great he's 20 he's right. he's now you know he's got the right medication and the right therapy uh, right doctors and stuff and marijuana thank god for marijuana marijuana oh yeah i mean the the principles you've heard the stories of the you know the intractable um, seizures uh, that some people have seizures that don't stop they're, they're right. having seizures all the time and CBD, which is one element, it's one of the uh, principal elements in marijuana. There's CBD and THC. CBD knocks it out in certain people. Wow. So Jake started taking these drops, CBD drops, and there's no high. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the medicinal side of right. it. Right. Um, and it, it, it makes it so his medications work so much better, and it, it just kind of calms the brain. Um, and at being a good father, I've had to test the marijuana of course just you to have. make sure, you know, I'm not going to give anything <laughs> to my child that I wouldn't give myself. Um, and the CBD, again, there's no high at all. It's like taking a shot of whiskey, how you just, you don't get drunk from it. You don't even, but you kind of just go, oh, it just chills you. Mm. That's what this does. And that's what these medications do really there. All epi- uh, epilepsy is, is an, is an overfiring of the synapses in the brain. So there's too much firing going on. The medication slows that down. Well, some of these medications have side effects like cognitive learning or, you know, uh, recall. So kids in school and he just can't, as quickly as the other kids, he can't remember, uh, oh, yeah, that was the, one of our presidents. and that, that. So it's tough on a kid like Jake. But through this whole experience, my wife and I realized that there wasn't a voice like Michael J. Fox was for, uh, you know, his uh, disease and, and condition. And this is so misunderstood. It's, seizures are scary. So I started something called talkaboutit.org, which is just talking about it. Just talk about it. Everybody's got something, yeah. whether it's asthma, cholesterol, whatever it is, talk about it. Yeah. So talkaboutit.org, you go to it and you see all your favorite celebrities. I've enlisted the help of everybody I know. And they, they bring up a question and then a professional, a doctor, you know, answers the question and it's a site to exchange information and know you're not alone. The principal thing is educate people and also let them know that there's three to five million Americans that have this. Yeah. That's a lot. That's more than any other disease. Right. Three of the biggest diseases put together. And I mean, it's a scary one because people look at it and, and you're not really sure what to do if you see it. And, and so let me ask you about that. If I see someone having a seizure, first of all, what am I supposed to do? Run like hell. No, oh, I'm come kidding. on. No, that's the, that's the myth. Yeah. By the way, grand mall translates to the big evil mm. or the big bad. That is because people thought that they were possessed back mm. in the day. Yeah. No, it's very simple. You see someone have a seizure. First of all, a seizure, people don't just drop to the ground. Mm-hmm. You'll see someone and the, their head will be bobbing and it looks like they're about to lose their balance. They'll stand there for a little bit. Mm. Catch them. Give right. them a free hug. Yes. I mean, that's the most important thing because the seizure is not going to hurt them. It's the fall. It's the head trauma. That's going to hurt them. Right. So grab them and then put them down easy. Put something soft under their head because they're, you know, they're uh, jerking yep. and put them on their side. If you're on your back and you imagine even spit, if it doesn't have anywhere to go, if, it, if they spit up or they throw up, 
um, they'll drown in their own, right. you know, uh, if you fluids. turn them on their side, it, it will, it, it'll come out, evacuate, right? Yeah. It'll evacuate and never, ever, 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 ever stick anything in anyone's mouth. That is a myth. When you have a seizure, all of your muscles tighten and jerk. That's tonic and clonic. That's why I call it tonic clonic seizure. So the tongue is one of the most powerful of those. And it's, so it, it gets hard and strong. So it's not going to go back in your throat, right? You cannot choke on your own tongue. Never stick anything. That is a myth. That is an old wives' tale. Never do it. That's yeah. the most important message. And then on their side, pillow under their head so they're not scraping their head on the ground, and let the seizure ride itself out. After mm. two minutes, if it's still going, that's scary. Call nine one one. But if you don't know that, uh, it's like a. I equate it to thunder and lightning. You can tell when it's going away from you because the the frequency in between or the time in between when you see lightning and hear thunder. That's what a seizure. You'll see. It'll be like uh 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 uh. It's going away. Mm-hmm. They're going to come out of it scared. They cannot hear you when you're having a seizure. Don't yell at them. Okay. You know, it's not like, Greg, Greg. No, they can't hear you. And then all of a sudden they come out of it and people are yelling at them, standing over them. Let them, let them have their seizure. And when they come out of it, they'll either be really out of it, called postictal, or they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And they'll, not fine, but they'll be tired and disoriented. So it's a very common thing. I've seen thousands of them, unfortunately. Yeah. But like I said, Jake's doing great now. He doesn't have them and, and, uh, he, because of his medication and... So talk about it. And now we've got this, this uh, netathon that we're doing on May 6th. It's the second year. We raised a quarter of a million dollars last year. We do it here. Mm-hmm. It's May 6th. And it, it, you can learn about it right now by going to epilepsy.com slash Hollywood. Okay. But it is bands and musicians and entertainers and hosts. And I mean, please stop by. If of you course. Can. It's eight hours. Anytime you stop by, just stop by and we'll have a conversation. But it is... I mean, literally, if you can, Frank, it would be great. For 10 minutes, it's, it's everybody's coming. And, and last year, it was huge. Um, and CBS picked us up. So across all CBS digital platforms, it's, it's going to be huge. We had a million people watch last year, and that was just on Twitch. Now, which is ironic that we're on a Twitch. <laughs> epilepsy, and it's epilepsy on Twitch. Yeah. Nice. But now it's going to be cbslocal.com slash epilepsy and it is going to be huge covered in all the all, across all cbs platforms and, and everything uh the news and stuff so very excited about that and very proud of that and, yes and you know jake is um an inspiration man the guy he my son does not let anything stop him that's awesome from having a seizure on a little league field and then we drive him home because he, he urinated out and he had a seizure on third base after hitting a triple and we got home and I looked at my wife, and Jake got out of the car, slammed the door, ran into the house, and we were like, Ugh. his parents were like, oh, you got to deal with this. You yeah. Know? Before we got to the house, he had already put on a new pair of pants and ran back to the car. He said, come on, we got to finish the game. Let's oh, go. Oh, that's fantastic. Like, wow. How can You're I? you to make me cry right Yes, now. and I'm not going to bury my head in the sand when my son does that. So wow. Synovian is this amazing pharmaceutical company that's behind the Natathon last year and this year. Thank you, Synovian, for all the support. They're incredible, and the whole company's great. And so we're doing it again this year, and um, I think, you know, it's 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 um, it's something that brings us together with our kids, whether it's negative or positive. I'm trying to do something positive. My other son Ben, I'm t- creatively taking advantage of him. <laughs> I know it's I. You've come on our show to talk about Ben's dream that he had. Yeah, and, and it so tell me for people who haven't heard that story, tell us tell us about Ben's dream. Ben, who's 17 and just killing it in baseball right now, plays for Calabasas and uh, just got a scholarship. I mean, he's just, I'm so proud of my son. I know that, I don't want that to sound braggy at all. I'm just really proud, Dad. He, uh, when he was 12, 
13, he had a dream. He woke up and he was like so distraught. And it was like a nightmare. And he, and I was and I'm so like, tell my wife, I'll go up and I go upstairs. And I'm putting him to sleep. And I said, and he's like, oh, it's so vivid. He didn't use vivid. He was like, it was so clear. I can still see it. It's, and I said, what was it? And he goes, I, uh, all he really said was, it was like I was in my friend's dreams. I was, I was like a, I was like in their dreams, helping them through their nightmares. I was like, what? Like a superhero? And we started talking and brainstorming, and he fell asleep. Meanwhile, <laughs> I, it, was, it was inspired by his dream of the dream state and the dream world. And yeah. so I came up with this idea called Dream Jumper. Wait a minute. You came up with the idea? Well, or he that? did. Okay, thank he, you. He did. But I give, I give my kids hallucinogens before they go to sleep. So, no, I mean, it was just a, a really creative dream that he had. And, you know, taking that and running with it and saying, what about a kid, like a Harry Potter type kid? I mean, he called him Ben, and uh, where he can actually go into the dream world, and there's a nightmare lord, and he's trying to control us, and, and he, is, he finds out he's in a long line of dream jumpers. And now, with that becomes an incredible responsibility, and it's dark, and he's trying to get out, and how do we pop from reality to dream state? And he's got a buddy named Jake that I named after my oldest son. But I partnered. I called JJ. This gets back to our original. And I go, JJ, great idea dream jumper this whole thing and he was like okay first of all you told me too much already but i love this idea this is a graphic novel and i didn't know anything about graphic novels he said that way you own the ip you own, you control it and that way somebody can buy it as a book to make it into a movie or a tv series or whatever so having then i'm like the daunting task of oh now and i don't draw right so then i'm at comic-con and i meet this incredibly talented guy i never thought he would take a take a chance with me lucas turnblum great illustrator and storyteller and I said, hey, I whispered in his ear. I cut in line. He was signing his books and stuff. And I said, hey, what about this? And I told him. He turned white as a ghost. He was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Wow. Now, in, in superhero world, in graphic novel world, you think, ah, there's no, you're not reinventing the wheel. He's like, it's kind of like this and it's kind of like that. But no one's ever done that before. And a year later, we had a book finished. By the way, didn't go to publishers first. You did just did the it. work, yes. And, and it, it, most of it is him. I mean, we, we wrote it together. But he did all the drawings, the, the, the first stage drawings. 240 pages, two to three to four pictures per page. I mean, he oh broke his back to do this. And this know. is all on spec, right? Yeah, in hopes of doing it. But the, another like-minded person who was like, yeah, let's do it. And that way there's no, you know, you know exactly what the vision is and what it is. And then we went out and met with all these publishers. And Scholastic being the top of our list, I had to kind of pretend like they weren't the bell of the ball, but they were, and of course. they loved it. And we, it's been an incredible relationship with them. It's in all the book fairs. It's across the world. It's everywhere. Dream jumper. Book one has been like in their words, a smash hit dream jumper. Book two comes out. Um, uh, Curse of the harvester. It's coming out in September. So I've got the book now. And, and before the first book even came out, my agent shopped it and Paramount bought it and they're developing a script to make it into a movie. So it's a dream, yeah. pun intended. Yeah, yeah. And uh, couldn't be more proud of it. And and who um, makes the, the most money, you or Ben? <laughs> well, you know. I mean, Ben's, hopefully his college is paid for now and well, it's, you know, he's even got with his the, first car. Even with the scholarship, <laughs> I got to tell you, it's, these schools are pricey. I know. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's a great thing and um, 
again, I just I cannot believe I'm going and doing book signings. And, and it, by the way, it fits in. Talk about focus. Yeah. It fits into that Comic-Con world. I was just in Dubai. I'm doing all the segues for you. Well, I was just going to say, let's talk about Dubai. But you take us there. Yeah. You I just mean, got back from you We're talking to you. You just got off the plane from Dubai recently. Yeah. And you were there for a con of some kind. Middle East Film and Comic-Con. Okay. I mean, I have no idea how the this Muslim country, you know, this, uh, uh, Islam is, is everywhere there. And yeah. it's like, how are they going to? They are the best. They're, they're, <laughs> I mean, you're going to a country. Uh, UAE is, is an amazing place. They right. have obviously all this money and everything. They're building the most modern cities and incredible. But from, you know, uh, um, Dubai to uh, Doha and Qatar and... Uh, um, uh, Abu Dhabi, they are, there's so many expats there because there's so, so much going on. Right. So all, people from all, the, all over the world are there to work and do this. Yeah. It's the most incredible place. The people are so amazing. The con was amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, you're meeting people and then they're like, oh, this is the royal family, the prince of so-and-so and so And they're so cool. <laughs> like, really cool. And what do they most associate you with at a place like that? Which show or film? I mean, Star Wars, uh, Heroes. I mean, it was, it was weird because people would come up and go, I'm a huge fan of Felicity. And I'm like, <laughs> what? You are? You know, and there's a guy wearing the whole outfit and, uh, you know, and his wife and his kids and, and, uh, so it was everything. Star Wars, obviously, is one of the biggest things. They had a tribute yesterday from Celebration, a tribute to Carrie um, uh, Fisher. And the fact that somehow a photo of me got into that uh, is, I was so honored. I mean, isn't that incredible? And it was a video, but this is a still from the video. And this wow. is from the set with Carrie and Billy her daughter, who yeah. was in the movie too, and, oh my uh, and me as Snap Waxley. And this was just a moment where Carrie was like, uh, will you shut? I remember what she said. She was like, could you shut up? And look, <laughs> we're being shot right now. The film, the camera's rolling. I mean, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> that's one of the things in my life. This year, recently, this last two, uh, four months or whatever, has been kind of uh, you know, an eye-opener as far as um, the, the um, incredible honor that I've had to work with a couple of people. One was Don Rickles. We did a pilot years ago that JJ and I produced, and I starred in with Don and, and Kim Whitley. And the fact that I got the chance to work with such a brilliant oh, comedian, yeah. you know, legend, he, he's just incredible. Um, that was amazing. And then Carrie Fisher passing away is just mm. wrong, just yeah. wrong. But yeah. how lucky I was to spend some time with her and, and got to, you know, um, suck up some of that brilliance. I mean, yeah. she's God, like as a person, as an actress, she's just amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, typically, I would ask you know, someone I'm interviewing, "What's next?" But I mean, if I to ask you that is, I, I feel like a you know, it's a multi-part question because you, you, your your hand is in so many worlds, and you're yeah. you're you're so busy, and Lunch. you're doing so many Lunch is next. <laughs> Lunch is you want to go like what's really Poquito next? Moss on Magnolia. Right, that's probably exactly. next. No, uh, um, no, no carbs. But, but, no. Carbs. <laughs> you know what's next for me yeah. right now? We have a Kickstarter campaign for a yes. new documentary that. I'm so, again, lucky to be a part of. I, I worked on Big Ass Spider, starred with Claire Kramer, great actress. Um, and she had worked with a, a great actress, um, uh, Bianca Kylick, and they were in Bring It On together. And anyway, Bianca's brother suffered a terrible accident years ago, lost his legs, mm. uh, fell in front of a train in Prague and lost his legs and didn't let that stop him. And he's such an inspiration. He is an athlete beyond any athlete I've ever seen. 
he is uh, he he he's on a um, he hand cycles. Yeah. So these guys that pedal with their arms, and again, no legs, and he it's a three three wheeled bike. He qualified for this thing called the Race Across America. He's been trying to qualify for three years. He's like an Ironman. I mean, he's really a tr- amazing yeah. athlete. And there's this race where they start in San Diego, they go all the way across to Maryland in 12 days, in under 12 days. This guy's doing it with no legs. And I and and, and Bianca how that, said, "How is that just physically possible?" Go go to the Kickstarter page and see the teaser we we created. Holy crap! I mean, we have an incredible. Uh, cinematographer Pablo uh, Durano, who's amazing, Academy Award-winning guy, and they've and I've got his sister, uh, Andre's sister, who is producing this, uh, uh, directing it with Claire, and we're producing, facilitating it. We're in the Kickstarter campaign. We're looking for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. We're a little over thirty thousand after the first week, so I think we're going to get there. But it's um, I hope we get there because this story needs to be told. Uh, Andre is just an in- absolutely incredible person. I yeah. mean, in every respect. And he jokes. He's got such humor. And he's brilliant. And he's good looking. And, you know, and, and, and Bianca is beyond great. Her brother, Mike, uh, her, her brother, her husband is Mike Catherwood, who uh, does, you know, Loveline with Drew. And yeah, now he's yeah. got a show on ABC, uh, KBC with Drew. So they, they know how to, you know, pr- how to produce stuff. They don't need brad and i my production company but we're on board and we're fully on board we're going to follow him in a winnebago we're going to be going across the country and uh hopefully we get a chance to shoot this it's called joyrider yeah so go on kickstarter search joyrider or just go on twitter my twitter is just pasted with this because i'm so proud of it um and you'll see tweet after tweet encouraging people to support the campaign so click on it, watch it, and if you like it, please. No amount is too small. No amount's too big. We, right. we, we need the help. And your your Twitter, uh, I'll put this on the and the link and 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 the Kickstarter. I'll put it put it on our podcast page, which is ktla.com slash Frank Buckley interviews. But your Twitter is what at Greg Grunberg. Okay, G R E G G R U N B E R G. Four G's. I got four G's in my name. <laughs> <laughs> you are the original OG. Exactly. Um, Greg, uh, have we covered everything? I think I think we've hit all of the uh, the main beats of your life right now. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it is fantastic. I, I've really wanted to do this for a long time. And I love I, I'm, this. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for your time. Oh, and, please! And if you have another four hours, <laughs> there's a whole other side of me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm grateful for what you do, not just you know here today, but for for your community and for for thank epilepsy you. and for your family and i think it's uh it's fantastic so thanks. thank you thank thanks for you. the time oh pleasure all right hope you enjoyed that conversation with greg grunberg go to our podcast page ktla.com slash frank buckley interviews to learn more and to see some links to some of the things that we talked about as always, I'm grateful for the kind emails you've sent along to Frank Buckley Interviews at KTLA.com. And I love to retweet your comments on social media about our podcast. I'm Frank Buckley TV on Twitter and Instagram, and Frank Buckley on Facebook. We drop every Wednesday, and subscribers always get it first, and of course, it's free to subscribe. If you want to see what we do on TV, I'm on the KTLA 5 Morning News here in L.A. We're the number one morning news program from 7 to 10 a.m., and we stream the show live on KTLA.com if you're not in Southern California. Hope to see you there soon, and in the meantime, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'll see you on TV. Frank Buckley Interviews is presented by the Mercedes-Benz Dealers of Southern California. Visit mbsocal.com for dealer details.